Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. This is episode 129, and today you'll be hearing my conversation with comic book writer Mr. Woody Arnold from the Thunder Frog and Cyber Symbiosis series. But before we get to that, I am happy to announce that the Derek Diamond Experience has a brand new sponsor, Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's a lot of books to choose from. There's Star Wars, The Hobbit, Divergent, so many great books to choose from. I just downloaded the app myself, so I can't wait to get started. Again, visit audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Mr. Woody Arnold. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Sitting here with my very special guest this week, comic book writer, Mr. Woody Arnold. Woody, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good, good. Uh, so we were, we've been talking you know, for the first few minutes uh, before we actually really started. Um, I wanted to, to start off by asking, um, where are you from originally? You know, that's actually a complicated question because I'm, not, I'm never sure how to answer that. Because um, my, technically I was born in the city of Seattle. But somewhere along the line, pieces of the, so the city started breaking off. So it's actually a smaller city than it was when I was a kid. So, like, the area where I'm actually from is now called Burien as a city. So I guess you could say I'm from Burien, but um, it originally was part of the city of Seattle. So they took Seattle and split it into smaller cities? Uh, no. Uh, it was more like the population of the city, like, the population was, was grown, right? Like, mm-hmm. like a I think something last time I heard it was something like six million people live in the greater Seattle area. It's like King County has is, is almost all the entire population of the state is just in one county. And so um, like within the city, as as things grew, some some sector, sections broke off and became independent. Um, I gotcha. Like, 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 like they're like Ballard, the area where, where, where my first chapter takes place. People are always yammering on about making Ballard a city. Every few years that that comes up, and it's like it's right there in the center of the city. How can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a city; it's a neighborhood. Anyways, but but it, it it's so culturally distinct though that, that I, I I can kind of see it. But anyways, interesting. Yeah. Now, growing up, uh, what were what were some of your interests? And I, I know you're a comic book writer, so I assume that you were into comics as a kid. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So so so. The first two comics I got a hold of as a kid that I that I chose because you know everybody had oh there's an Archie comic you know and and you know like somebody had a Rom comic at a place I was staying which you know I never got to read it too much so what so I'm really enthralled with the new series because I kind of missed out on the original one um, but like you know the Rom the Space Knight but um, the first two I actually chose was I remember at the Seven Eleven in Kent some you know ways down from our house but. Um, it was like, I remember grabbing a first issue of the Transformers off, 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 off the rack when they still had those and it was 60 cents and I was completely enthralled with it. And, you know, my, my mom was great, you know, gratefully she, she bought it for me and, and I, I couldn't get enough of it. 
and um and and then also around that time I also picked up uh, an issue in the same place of Crystar the Crystal Warrior which is a very deep dive when you're when you're talking you know Marvel comics and um you know that that's a series that I you know only lasted for 11 issues and it just got better and better but it's and that's a whole other conversation we would you know that's a that's a separate interview by the way but um <laughs> that 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 series actually has a very uh very strong fan base. Like I was at Emerald City Comic Con one year, and there was a guy making like 12-inch action figures out, out of his garage of of of, of characters from Crystar that he had sculpted himself. And you know, if I had ninety dollars to spend, I would have had one of those. But um, like that's that that's my dream project. If I ever worked for Marvel, I would want to be the guy that actually revived the series and and wrote it for a new generation. And that bullshit they did in Secret Wars doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never heard of that series before. I, I made a note to look that up uh, after yeah. we finished the interview. That sounds really cool. Well, it's ju- ju- just taking a little deviation real quick. Um, and, you know, m- m- maybe we can record a second podcast and talk about it um, a- 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 after we're done here. But it's basically um, back in the day. Uh, actually, how old are you? Let me ask. 30. Okay, I'm 42. So yeah, so what I'm about to tell you is a little bit before your time. You may never have heard of it, but there didn't used to be a day when you could make 30-minute cartoons, which were essentially commercials for toys, right? It actually used to be illegal to do that. And um, so there was a point when I was a kid, I think Reagan actually signed the law, but it it, it was finally allowed, and suddenly we had Transformers, G.I. Joe, Thundercats, all these things, which were connected to toy lines. But... Before they had, um, before you could do that, what would happen was was that the comp- toy companies would go to Marvel and DC Comics, and they would get Marvel and DC to make comic book series based on the toys they wanted to market. And so, as a result of that relationship, Marvel had turned around and created their own fantasy series, kind of like inspired to some degree by Conan and, and, and some of the other stuff they were doing back in the day. And they went to a toy company, got the toy company to make a series of toys based upon the comic book they were making. Interesting. And for a couple of years, it was pretty awesome. I actually had one of the action figures as a kid. But, um, you know, it's the premise, I think, of the series was inherently flawed. And, you know, it was done. It was like the classic routine at Marvel back in the day was let's let's do a comic book. Let's have a lot of editorial mandates. Well, you know, it either sinks or it swims. And then when it fails, because of the way that the distribution was working, like once they cancel the series, like today you cancel the series, it's done. It's gone, right? But back then, because of how the whole sequence would go through with the it took like three or four months just to you know get a comic book from production to you know through the system and out into the stands, you know, once you cancel the comic, you still have to make three or four issues, right? And there's there's a point where the comic book, like, well, what would happen is, is when that happens, the edit, the editorial staff would say, "Fuck it, we're at, we're out." So, anyways, like, that's usually a turning point when, like, they go, "I don't care, do whatever you want," and then the people that make the comics frequently suddenly start turning out solid gold. That's what saved Iron Man when Iron Man was about to get canceled, and um, and 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 actually, the series went from selling tens of thousands of copies to over three hundred thousand copies, and so the series got saved. In this case, the series still died, but those four or five issues at the end, when they didn't care anymore, were freaking amazing! Some of the best comics I've ever read, even from the perspective of being 40 years old. And and so, at least I was 40 when I read it again. So it's like, I would love to take the series at the end 
and do that for the entire run of the comic. You we, know, we can call this your uh, your sales pitch. Yes, to Marvel to bring back the series. Yes, Marvel, if you're listening, I want to do Chris Star the Crystal Warrior. You know, I mean, I, I I even was looking at an indie comic that somebody made. I think it was. I'm not sure what the comic was. I didn't read it because it looked like it was appealing to a, a niche culture that wasn't relating to me. But somebody had the cover of of that issue was was a was a copying one of the covers from Christar. Hmm. And th- this was just a little, a little tiny little in- indie ash can that somebody made that, that that they were selling in the local comic shop. Interesting. Yeah. Very yes. interesting. Now. What was it that made you like? When did you decide that you wanted to write comic books for a living? Well, there was never really a time when I didn't want to. But um, y- you know, when you're a young guy and 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 you're trying to get started in life, you know, there's a lot of distractions along the way, <laughs> and and like you know, it took me a long time to 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 realize that I, you know, like, like I needed to go in that direction, you know, cause I, I kind of, what, what I did was, is I basically bumped through life and picked up a lot of life experience. Like, for example, I, I this is one of the things I seem like I always mention this in an interview, but it's like, uh, I actually know what it's like to be inside of a trash compactor when it's turned on. And cause I was, <laughs> the first thing that went through my head was now I know what, how Luke Skywalker feels, <laughs> but, um, anyways, so like, I just, you know, I, I just bummed through life for 20 years. But, you know, the other thing, too, is is um, I, I think I wouldn't have been any good at the time. Um, you know, with another 20 years on me, I, you know, my, my story, I, you know, I, I, I've always been writing. I've always been, like, cre- creating stories. I just didn't have the temperament to do novels. But I was always, like, pushing myself to get better and, and um, tell better and smarter stories. And... Somewhere along the line, the technology changed, and it became possible for anybody to do it. You didn't, because like when I was younger, if I if I made a comic book, you know, I'd 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 be in it for five thousand dollars before I even knew if it if it if if it was going to work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you had to take a massive risk because you have to pay an artist if if you don't have a collaborator, um, you 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 know information wasn't as readily available about how to do it right. So it would have probably would have looked bad. Um, you, you know, you, you have the fact you have to pay for printing. You have to do a whole print run. You couldn't ju- just, just, just make a few copies. And, and today, you know, um, well, I, like, like my Thunderfrog comic, which you're probably looking at, like I, I didn't pay for that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take care of that guy, obviously, cause we, we have a deal, but, um, you know, I, um, but we basically collaborated on that comic. Right. And, he can now take that comic and sell it at a con for himself. He doesn't owe me anything, you know, because like, you know, he 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 owns it just as much as I do. But it's like, you know, you can just find a guy. You can get a comic made. You you can go to print on demand. You, you know, you you can um, you you can just make five issues if that's all you need. And we we didn't have that before. And the technology made it possible for somebody to just enter the field if they want without risk. And, and, and I think for me, that's probably the turning point, you know, cause it, 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 it has to match your personal finances. Of course, the negative is now everybody's doing it. So you have a sea of creators and it takes even more work to, to get discovered. So, you know, pros and cons. Yeah. As someone who does a podcast, you know, I, I look at it the exact same way. There are 
it's easy to do, but there are so yeah. many other ones that it's it's tough to really get noticed. Yeah, and 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 the and the, the strength of personality sometimes, which makes people makes people popular. Like like the entertaining people aren't necessarily good at it, and or any good. Like you could be, you know, you're better, but yet th- this guy somehow is better at getting discovered, and that's just yeah. <laughs> now, once you decided that you know you're you're going to write comic books, like how do you what was what was the first like real story that you worked on for a comic book? Like how did you get your foot in the door, if you will? Well, the it, it's actually kind of funny. Um, life kind of once you've actually made a decision, the universe kind of just flows around, you know, to 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 make it work. Like I I, I had. The, the first book I worked on actually was um, kind of like a, it was a story I wrote about a science fiction character who uh, crash lands on on an alien planet that that's a fantasy world. And, you know, I, I, I wrote the story and, and, and I had an idea about what I wanted and, and I was and the whole sequence of events just didn't work out. Um, so so I've got I've got this story written and it's still waiting to one day get produced. But you know, it was one of those things. Is one of those projects that almost happened, and 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 the and the secret that probably new comic book creators need to understand is like with any creative endeavor, it doesn't always happen. Um, you, you know, you you you're probably going to pitch ten series to to a company like Image or you know or Dark Horse before they they pick one, and the one that you love is probably not the one that's actually going to get made, kind of thing. I mean, it could be, but um. So you know, I, I I created that that comic. It the sequence of events just didn't work out to me. I wanted to do a web comic, and you know, it just didn't work out with the artist. And and um, I was trying to do it in conjunction with 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 some guys who do a web series that I know. And and I did have permission to um to create it as part of their universe. And then that permission to later got rescinded as they changed what they were doing. And it wasn't that 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 I wasn't unwelcome. It was just the fact that they they changed how they were handling it. But the show is called Transolar Galactica, and I cannot recommend it more highly. That show is freaking awesome, and I should also pitch Voice Trekkers too because I'm also good friends with them, and I can't like snub one <laughs> and promote the other. But um, both of those shows are amazing. And but um, after that, I, I was still trying to produce something, and I ended up teaming up with a guy named Harrison Wood, who has had a comic book company that he was trying to revitalize. And we basically teamed up to create a book that he had he had done, and then it was after doing that, and it, the company is called Thunderfrog Studios, and it was after that that I created the Thunderfrog comic series, which which is um, basically I wanted to kind of like take something and take the mascot of the company and just kind of like spin him off into his own adventure, and um, that's about as much as it has to do with Thunderfrog Studios. <laughs> It's like, like, like the, the the aspect of 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 the story went off in in its own direction just a, after that, and and um, you, you know, like I, I drew from so many so many elements, like 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 the character is actually based upon a D and D character that a friend of mine created uh, when we were kids. So, yeah, I'm looking at the the Thunder Frog comic right now, and it it looks it looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, it totally does. Uh, that is drawn by Taysen Martindale. Who is uh, an artist living in Edmonton, and um, Taysen is 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 an interesting guy. He has this um, he has a very cartoony style, but he has a genius talent for um, emotion and characterization and 
making characters feel like they're people and not just um, j- just ca- ca- characters on, on a page, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, his his comic skills um, and and it's interesting because like you know when when we first found him and got to talk with him about it, his uh, you know he was he would he was basically feeling pulled in two different directions as an artist because like you know you you want to go do what you know is going to sell, you know, because because you know that Marvel and DC and the big companies hire a certain kind of artist. But then you have your own style and what you feel like you want to do, right? And you feel is natural. And Harrison took one look at his art and said, no, he needs to go in this in the direction he feels. And 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 then when we gave him that advice, he, he literally his art style tripled overnight. And and he he like just immediately transformed and he and he he told me that he was really grateful because he that that's that that's what he felt he should be doing and you know that's basically when we got what we have now and you know he certainly improved a lot over the course of drawing this comic but it's like you know he's he was the right guy he was exactly what I wanted to find no, absolutely and it, you know like you said the the style you know I'm looking at a couple of the pages mm-hmm. you know, it looks very cartoonish but I think. I think it actually is very fitting. Yeah. Well, this series was... Um, see, when, when I was a kid, the third major comic series I got into was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Oh, I love Ninja Turtles. And, yeah, I was reading the Black and Whites. And, um, you know, like like most people don't know that, that the Shredder died in the first issue, mm-hmm. right? And, and, then, and then they brought us what was probably the greatest resurrection story in the history of comics... Um, before Superman destroyed it, you know, ruined it for everybody. But you know, that's part of the reason why this is a black and white comic. I mean, there, there was an economic uh, decision because you producing this in black and white is way cheaper than doing it in color. But at the, at the same time, I was trying specifically to to do kind of like a love letter to what to 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 what I enjoyed and to what what I loved and. Um, you know, do do the kind of comics that I liked. And it was interesting that there were times when I had conversations with people about like, or almost arguments where it's like, Hey, black, they tell me I was being told that black and white comics don't sell. And, and yet this comic, I've seen it consistently outsell c- c- color comics, um, time and time again. So, you know, and, and, and the people that told me that don't sell comics as well as I do with, with this one. So that's kind of like, you know, we obviously have a formula, you know, like, like um, one of my friends who, who Alex, who works with me on comics, he, he likes to wear one of our Thunderfrog shirts around and he tells me that everywhere he goes, little kids just stare at the shirt and point at it and are enthralled by it, which tells me I'm probably sitting on something which has a much greater value than, than, than what I've been able to pull it off so far. No, absolutely. I mean, just the, the name Thunderfrog. You're like, oh, that sounds so cool. What is it? And then you want to know more about it. Yeah. Um, the the only negative I think is the fact that people keep going, oh, it's like Thor. No. <laughs> Thor, I, I mean, like, I, I I was vaguely familiar with the story where where Thor got turned into a frog by Loki. O, 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 only in that it appeared in a What If comic, and I didn't. I I have. I honestly, at at the time I created this, I, I wasn't even aware that that was based upon something chemical um, from Marvel. Um, you know the the entire basis was on on the logo, and I don't actually even know how that came about. I just know that it was the it was the only the the only thing that that the group of guys that founded Thunderfrog Studios could agree on. Interesting. 
Yeah, but like as far as as a name goes, like like the character of Thor never even factored into my creation process. And in, in fact, if anything, I probably went out of my way not to duplicate. So that's like the character doesn't wear a cape. He doesn't fly. He's not a god. He's he's a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, though it is funny. Every time somebody does fan art about the character, they always put a cape on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, moving on into um, the story, you actually uh, sent me a preview of this uh, called um, Cyber Symbiosis, which is a cyberpunk story. Yes, and I've read, you know, I know about steampunk, but not really anything about cyberpunk. And I thought the the story and the look and everything was was really interesting. Like I, I'm, I've always been kind of fascinated with the futuristic type stories. Like you know, just because we think you know in the back of our mind, this could happen somewhere down sure. the line. You know, who's to say it wouldn't? So I, I always enjoy you know takes on that, and I I'll say I really enjoyed the preview. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know, um, in, in all likelihood, the people listening to your podcast know all about cyberpunk. So um, but just, you know, since since that question came up, you, you, you know, the, the genre is, is an interesting one because it deals with um, oppressive governments and uh, economics and corporations that got out, out of control unregulated. And you've got you often have, you know, occasionally you have psychic and magic elements, depending upon, you know, who's writing it but frequently you have massive uh over integration of technology into society uh cyberization and uh, a, a level of connectivity which ju just the connectivity by itself becomes a source of suppression to people where where it doesn't make you more free and you might think it does but it's the exact opposite and um you, you know it's a uh it's a genre of science fiction, which I think appeals to people because it's so close, especially now, because it is so close to where we are. And the more advanced we get, the more the more the clock scrolls by, the more real this kind of stuff becomes to us. You know, because we're we're developing the technology that was like, you know, the tricorder that they had on Star Trek. You're holding a cell phone right now that is very close technology technologically to that device. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, as I was reading, you know, the the description at the beginning and reading the setup to the story and everything, I, I thought to myself, who who's really to say that something like this couldn't happen? Yeah, down the line? and I and I think that that like I was saying earlier, I think that's really like a, a huge appeal, at least it is to me, of like futuristic stories, whether they be post-apocalyptic or they take place, you know, with advanced technology because yeah. you it's the unknown yeah well it, it, and, and in this particular case i mean i'm i'm a massive fan of the genre mashup like uh, i used to play the rifts role-playing game from platinum books which you may or may not be familiar with that but it dealt with a post-apocalyptic setting where earth was destroyed mainly because we didn't understand about the presence of magic as a natural phenomenon and how it worked and so you have a world where Creatures from all over the universe are now on Earth, and elves, and weird, horrible monsters, and ogres, and alien technologies from, from other worlds, and you know beings that are, are peaceful and kind, but yet they look horrible and monstrous. And so, you know, ha having done a lot of that when I was younger, you know, certainly influenced my writing style because I, I do think that that kind of stuff is fun. And um, 
you know, there there are other cyberpunk settings that do the same thing, and you know, you can't avoid that because there's no such thing as a new idea. But um, you know, I, I I did want to kind of create my own world and take the story I had in my mind and um, you know, just cre- cre- create 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 an 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 interesting uh, setting that could support the story I, I I was trying to tell. And you know, in this particular case, you you have a world where magic has come back, so. You know, in in some sense, we know that that future is not coming, <laughs> but um, you, you know that the technological aspects are very interesting to explore and how 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 they affect life and people. It was kind of like a, an interesting combination because you have you have orcs that are in the future, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like you're you're taking the past and a possible future and creating like a hybrid. Yeah. So I uh, thought I thought that was interesting. Well, I, I've actually, uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of world building with with various writing projects because, like, I, I have hundreds of stories that that are sitting in the queue that 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 could get produced, and um, so I'm very familiar with how to build a world and how to create an environment, and and you you do have to, like 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 the most important thing is that the present day is established, but you also have to think in terms of like how did they get there, what social aspects. You know, brought about, which is part of the reason why I've got a timeline of events on my website, which will grow over time. Is you know, though what I wrote down there are just kind of like the things that came to me as I was, I was creating all this. But you do have to know how people got where they are, and and you have to um, even sometimes even go back tens of thousands of years to ancient history, um, depending upon what you're doing with your story. And you know, I I personally do have you know a timeline of events going back ten thousand t- tens of thousands of years that are like. I know how the ancient history impacts the the story I'm trying to tell now. <clears throat> That's fantastic. So, so your comment about orcs coming from the past into the future kind of is relevant to the story in a way. Before we continue this fantastic conversation with Mr. Woody Arnold, I'd like to remind you that for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And they have over 180,000 titles to choose from, from Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Divergent, so many series and individual books as well that you can download for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com nerdcave for your free audiobook download today. Now, for those who may be unfamiliar with Cyber Symbiosis, what is the general story of the book? Well, what I have in mind, actually, is, uh, is, is I have a 50-issue storyline in mind. And what, what I'm trying to do is I'm basically trying to, as we had talked about you know, briefly b- before the podcast, is that, is that I, I, you know, I, my interest is in being able to, um, to fund it, so I do have a, you know a Patreon going, and and I'd like to do I'm trying to do something that is an ongoing story that 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 could go go on for years, and fortunately I don't don't need much to accomplish that, so that's good. But as far as like the general story, I'm I'm kind of looking at it in phases, right? So like the major arc you're looking at right now is actually going to be a 15 issue story arc, and it focuses on our our initial group of main characters who it's it's being written initially as a crime drama. Or, or an action crime drama, which I like to say sometimes. And you've got a, a group of characters who are um, going to find themselves in a situation where, you know, they're, you know, they are taking a job, and the job ends up going bad. It's not the right, like, like they 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 made the, they they picked the wrong employer, 
And when it's all done, they end up framed for murder and are on the run. And they are the situation where, where the bad guys, the con artists, the you know the people that that, that, that that run these jobs and these scams are going to have to go after the real villain who who's actually like like the really nasty one behind the scenes and and it's um you know you've got this character these characters who I like to compare them to, to the crew from Firefly because they are not really bad guys they're they're kind of like people that are just trying to live outside the system which which is one of the hallmarks of the cyberpunk genre and and so but you have the you know they're not really villains, but they do, because of the circumstances they're in, for various reasons they feel like like they have to live like this. And then there's a real villain who is part of the system, and you know they they are they are going to be at odds with this guy. And you know we'll we'll I will I, I hope that the ending is quite exciting, action packed, and satisfying for all the readers involved. I'm very curious to see where the story goes after reading the the preview you sent me. Oh, good. <laughs> that, 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 that's a hell of a compliment. Now, so far, as you've been writing this book, this is something that I'm always curious to ask writers that I interview. Is there a particular like favorite character that you enjoy writing for? I try not to go that direction. Um, you'll probably notice that one of the characters became the, 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 the web address, right? And that's, that's almost um, – uh, that's intended as a deliberate fourth wall break that be, because the character of Conway's – you're going to see pretty much pretty on that he's kind of nuts, and he's also the mad the magic user of the group. And there there there's kind of this in joke where 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 his insanity, which is deriving his magic actually, has penetrated the fourth wall and affected the real world, which is why why I chose that as the as the web address. Um, it 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 also had the the side benefit of being cheap. <laughs> 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 and easily accessible because um you know like, like i didn't want to go with cyber symbiosis as a web address because i've been using that as my email for years and it um you know i can count the number of people that can spell it on on one hand so it's probably a, a dubious decision to make that the title but it's um you know it wouldn't have worked as the web address but um, I actually like all the characters. Uh, the, the characters were actually um, the, the three guys were actually created by, by, by friends of mine because when, when, when I had originally created the story, um, my friend Eric, who created Conway, the black character, he um, the black exploitation character is probably a more appropriate way of describing him. You know, he had been bugging me for months to run them in a role playing game, and I ended up uh, eventually conceding, and I and I um, I, had, I just I ended up picking up a cyberpunk game at Comic Con and decided to just try try the game out. So I took the story I'd, I'd been thinking and I put it into that world and, you know, just basically was going to run my friends through. And um, and uh, what was supposed to go for four weeks ended up going for six months. And so what what I, I ended up was originally going to just start over from scratch. And when I, when I, when I, when I cre- created my world and make new characters and just kind of like use them to draw inspiration for the story. And then we had so much fun that I ended up actually taking their characters and you know i had to change a lot because this isn't that world but um you know the the elements of their characters that i could preserve were were placed in in in, into the story and um conway is probably the one that got most faithfully transferred over awesome yeah I, i i thought it was really cool that at the end of the preview you kind of read had like a descriptions about all the characters like yeah. I, I love i love stuff like that in books so you you feel like you kind of get to know the characters a little bit as the story progresses you're like okay so this guy has 
you know, this personality trait or he's been through this. So, yeah. you know, it, I think it's, it's really a cool thing to do. Yeah. Well that, that's, um, I, you know, that's part of the world building process, you know, because it, it helps to have kind of a, a world Bible and a character Bible. And it, it, and I wanted, what, what I was basically looking at is that I'm doing, I'm doing a web comic and the web comic, you can't release 20 pages to, to start the story. Um, I started with four, but you, you, you do need something more for, for readers, especially in the beginning. And this is one of the ideas I came up with was it gave people something to look at because, you know, this information is on the website. So you, you can go in and you can go, Oh, this character is more to this character. And there's eventually I'll have some short stories on there and I'll have, you know, a growing description of the world and the technology. And, and as we, we continue going and I have time, I'll like, Oh, here's the description of this gun. Like we're planning an entire weapons guide because uh, uh, the artist, um, Eric Vargas has, who's not the one that made Conway, that's different Eric, but like our artist has a, um, like a laundry list of guns he's designed. And it's just a matter of, uh, you know, ha having the time to go in and go, okay, these are the stats on this gun. This is the name. This is who made it, you know, and just, uh, you know, it, we're, we'll, we'll design more cars. We only have designed two at the moment, but we're going to, well, I guess three now, but we'll, we'll have an entire, like we'll create entire companies that make cars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we'll just basically start fleshing out the world into a, into a full thing. So no, that that's awesome. That's yeah. really, really cool. Now you had mentioned Patreon. So let, let's, let's talk about your Patreon. Like ha, what was it that, you know, I guess inspired you to, to do this because Patreon has really kind of taken off as the, I guess you'd call it the crowdfunding, um, yeah, it's kind of like the premier crowdfunding source, if you for, will. For comic books, I think it is. Uh, it you know with crowdfunding, there are a number of platforms, and and whether whichever one is right for you and for your project, you know, it depends a lot on your project, right? Um, you know, if if you're making a movie, you better be going to Kickstarter or Indiegogo or something similar, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, depends a lot on which country you're in, I suppose. But in this particular case, I think comic books, because uh, we originally, like, one of the books that, that, that I'm trying to fund with with um, with my Patreon is a book called Counter May. And that's one I created with a local director, Matt Vansel. And I guarantee so, so, some of your listeners have heard of him. And, you know, he's the creator of Journey Quest and the Gamers Film Series, both of which are excellent. And so I, I, I know him pretty well at, at this point. But, you know, I, I had done some, um, a little bit of work on... On uh, one of his movies, the the uh, the third g g gamers film called Hands of Fate, and kind of what grew out of that experience uh, was that, and and also uh, a, a one uh, a chapter that we did for for a charity anthology I was working on was that he wanted me to to take um, the the new fantasy world that was introduced in the Hands of Fate movie and spin it off into a comic book series because it you know the movie couldn't explore the world deeply enough and he had this huge story in mind and what ended up happening was he had is is not uncommon with matt actually is he had this massive idea and then we were looking at what could actually be done and i had to start editing very heavily what what, what the story was going to be because like we were going to take it to kickstarter because like matt's part of a group of people that have that have never had a failed kickstarter ever and he he and and, and his his peers um, you know, in Zombie Orpheus Entertainment and Dead Gentleman Productions actually held the record for funding a movie on Kickstarter before Veronica Mars. Like, they held the world record. 
wow. and they had held the world record, I think, a couple times over. And you know, like like, like when it went, when they when they had set it the first time, I, I, if I remember right, I think they broke it <laughs> on on the second movie. But um, anyways, so uh, what what ends up happening is is you know we were going to take it to Kickstarter, and you know it, it's it's been a long project. Like like we actually had lost our first artist because he got hired to work on a TV show, so that kind of derailed the, the the book. But um, like the thing is, is taking it to Kickstarter, there's kind of a structure, and there's like you're raising a large, a lot of money in, 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 a, in, in, a, in a, you know, right there. And, you know, it's, it would not be unreasonable for us to have raised a hundred thousand dollars, but at the same time, we had to work on the assumption that we were only going to be raising enough for the first book. And it was one of those situations where, um, you know, almost a third of the story had to be cut in order to do that. And, it, it, it ended up being where with, with loss of the artist not being able to find a replacement quick enough, um, you know, it, it pretty much de derailed the production of the book. And it and but I'm actually happier in the long run because, you know, the thing is, is, is now bringing it to um, to Patreon. I'm in the process of doing a massive rewrite that restores all all of the content that that, that was being cut from the book. Wow. And, and doubling like instead of having one graphic novel to start it, we're taking that story and we're splitting into two graphic novels. And 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 I'm so much happier with the results um, that, that are coming out of it because characters that had been um, like shortened to almost nothing are now getting development, and people are going to care about them, and you actually see who they are. And it's you know it's it's um and and this story by the way is it it's um it, it's it's the second major targeted in my in my Patreon and. What, what what it is? It's a story about uh, the soldiers that were um, that were defending a, a large army company, about two thousand soldiers plus support personnel, who were uh, defending the Manhattan Project during the initial test phase of the first atom bomb. And when the first one goes off in this universe, they were a little bit too close to it, um, uh, you know, to, to the explosion and and the blast wave when it hit their base. It had actually torn open a hole in the fabric of reality and picked them up and dropped the entire military base on a fantasy world. Wow. And so you have the story, which is basically dealing with what happens when a more advanced, technologically advanced at least, civilization ends up in a world where ma where magic and gods are, are a reality. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm 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 super excited. Um, you know, there's in, in that world you you and and you can if if you check out the Hands of Fate movie, it, it'll give you a lot of clues to the story. But there 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 there's a character named Shadhu Jem, who's this demigod type character who basically got juiced up on power and is now the equivalent in that world's equivalent to a god. And he uh, artificially and he has successfully conquered one third of the known civilized lands on, on the world of Countermay and has formed an army and is marching across the continent and is slaughtering and conquering everything in his path. And in the middle of, of, of this, like really literally on the heels of a major, major battle against, against the, what would be considered the good guys, a group of, of these soldiers who were on recon, just looking for a source of water, right? Happen to stumble upon it and they end up attacking his army and literally rout thousands of, of, of his soldiers, crush his army, send it into chaos, and all they've got is like a couple of rifles, a browning submachine gun, a mortar, and a bazooka, and and a chaplain. <laughs> and so, so like, um, you know, that's that changes the dynamics of this world in a very, very profound and deep way, and and it makes for um, makes for a really interesting story.
And I, it, it's probably the one that I was the most disappointed of all my projects that that that, that it got derailed. But now that I have a chance to re, to relaunch it, I'm really excited. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Now, where can people go to uh, to check out your Patreon? Well, um, you can go to uh, well, the the link is everywhere on on my page, and um, so um, y- you know, it's like it's it's all y- y- you. Well, the website is um, uh, conwaytheseries.com, and you can't you you can't miss my Patreon link. But it's Patreon on Patreon. I'm, I'm Woody Makes Comics, and and one of the things I'm doing um, that I would like people to know is that um, if 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 you back the comic book for at least three dollars by by February, um, which is when which was when the first issue is concluding. Um, then everybody that backs it will receive a free copy of, of the first issue. I mean, I can't cover shipping, so we, we are going to be doing backer kit to take care of that. But um, you know, we are going to be giving away the comic book for free. It'll have a limited edition cover that um, that will be exclusive to Patreon backers and will never be reprinted. And we're do giving, we're also throwing in a, an exclusive art print, which will only be ever be given to the Patreon backers. So it's just a thank you for people that that support it and. I also am uh, working on finishing up a deal, which I guess is now is a good time. I, I could probably talk about it. Is that there's a local t- t-shirt shop that I that 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 um that I'm working out working out a deal with right now that's going to make shirts for us, but they're also um, g- g- giving us an exclusive d- discount for our Patreon backers. So in a couple of weeks, when I've got that done, and it will retroactively apply, of course, but once all that's finished up, we'll we'll be offering a, a discount on, on his website to everybody that backs the Patreon too. People's favorite word or one of their favorite words is discount. So that's that's awesome. That's yeah, really cool that you could get that uh, kind of deal worked out. Well, it, it actually works out. It, it, it's good all around for everybody because he's he's looking for um, to to build his brand. And you know, again, in, in his field, there's a lot of competition. You know, and um, you know, he he's had trouble penetrating social media, which you know, for me and my group, it's not actually been a problem. And so. You know, he's bringing something of value to us, and we're and we're bringing something of value to him. And in fact, actually, what I'm going to do, he, he he thinks this is awesome because he loves comics, but I'm going to turn his company into one of the evil mega corporations in our world. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's really really cool. Um, do you have any social media that you'd like to plug? Yes, uh, I'm on on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm I'm actually kind of a late bloomer to social media, so I'm still developing that. It's like, I'm, I'm taking, basically I'm taking one social media, really getting it down. And then I'm going to do another one and get that down and kind of just go on and on like that. But, um, you know, P- Patreon also qualifies as a form of social media too, because you can also follow a project and get updates e- e- even if you're not backing it. But, um, you know, my, uh, cyber symbiosis is on Facebook and, um, under cyber symbiosis. And we also are on Twitter also on, on, on under cyber symbiosis. And, uh, spelled the the same as as it is on the website, and I, I also ha- have links to um to to all our, our social media on our website in various places, so um you know like follow all that great stuff. Fantastic. Last question: What is one piece of advice you could give to someone who wants to write comic books? Start writing. Um, you know, like the more you write, the better you're going to get. But I actually I think though the the it, that, that's actually again an entire podcast <laughs> but 
the 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 thing I would probably recommend the most is try playing role playing games. Um, because the 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 interesting thing you run into is is that um like 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 the advice the smartest advice anyone can ever give you is to pick up life experience and. You know, like, like my uncle told me, if I were going to be a professional writer, I should go climb a mountain. You know, because it's like get life experience. The advice was life experience, not risk your life. But the thing thing is, is that um, the more the more of your life that you can bring to what you're doing, the more experience, direct experience you can bring to what you're doing, the the better, the more real your stories are going to be. And um, but that's also we're living a day and age where people can't just backpack across the country anymore necessarily. You can't, you know, the hitchhiking is kind of dangerous and um, not not everybody is going to succeed going on crazy adventures. And one thing I that, that that I did, which I found really useful as a writer, is I started running role playing games with my friends, and it was it, it basically created like a, a way to drill creativity and a fast way to develop um, new ideas and see how people respond to them. But you also get to experience the weird things people do and the ideas that they come up with that they think are funny. And you and in a way. You're not necessarily substituting for life experience, but you are getting to try out things and see social interaction in in ways that that you don't normally get to observe people. And you know, the more the more plausible and the more believable you can make your stories, the better. And and doing that kind of a hobby, there's a perspective shift, which I think more comic book writers should have because you you see in superhero comics this thing. I'm sorry, I'm getting long winded because this is I said a whole podcast discussion. But, <laughs> it's all um, good. There's a perspective you see in superhero comics, which which I don't personally care for, where you tend to see heroes who are larger than life that are not always like 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 the vulnerabilities are kind of artificially presented, and 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 you you see them running around with without getting hurt, and the only like Wolverine he he gets hurt only because you have to prove show his healing factor, right? And if 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 it wasn't for that, he probably would just kick ass all the time, and that's kind of boring. And you know you don't see Cyclops get hurt as much because he doesn't have a healing factor. And in role-playing games, from 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 the game master or dungeon master perspective, your theory is not um, how to make the characters be invulnerable and awesome, it's how to hurt them just enough. And that's actually the entire reason why you see visible injuries on the characters in the Thunderfrog book, right? Because we wanted the, to feel dangerous. We wanted the characters to get hurt. And, and and get injured and and not just run around and kill everything all the time like you usually see. You know, we wanted it that, that, that there's this you probably don't notice it when you read it, but there there's kind of like a level of plausibility to the story which which I think resonates with people. Um, because we are doing that. We are we are getting them hurt. And and um, at the at the end of the story, some characters get really violently hurt. And so you know, it's 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 supposed. You know, we and 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 similar with cyber symbiosis. As the story continues on, you know, you are going to see characters getting injured, and they, they they don't always win 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 the fight. And 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 I've been directing my artist Eric to kind of like. I almost want this there to be kind of like a like a visceral feel to the action scenes, you know, and the car chases and things. That's very good advice. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, if, oh, go ahead. Uh, Oh, one last thing I did want to plug. Um, so just, just as a thank you, um, you know, like I mentioned that, that I had my friends who created characters, um, but the, the, there was one fourth person that actually participated. Her name is Sarah Moore, who was the uh, who, who is an actress who donated her likeness to 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 our hacker character of Quick. 
and um, she 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 does a really cool web series called Gamer Chick. So, um, or get Gamer Chick the series or whatever something like that. It's the Gamer Chick web series on YouTube. But I, I just wanted to make sure that I was remembering everybody correctly. You know, um, who 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 worked on the book and make sure to acknowledge them. Sweet, yeah. Shout out to Sarah. Yeah, and and also like like Thunderfrog Studios on Facebook. And I'll I'll put um and I'll put links to that and all your you know social media and the Patreon in the episode description as Thank well, you. so people can just you know they can click on it. It'll be really easy to get to. Yeah, that 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 would be awesome. All right, Woody. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to do the interview. This has been a blast. Thank you. I, I, uh, this has been great, too. My thanks again to Mr. Woody Arnold for that wonderful conversation. Be sure to follow the Cyber Symbiosis series at ConwayTheSeries.com and be sure to follow Woody on Twitter and Patreon. You'll be able to find those links in the show description. Next week, we'll be taking a look into the world of film with Eric Zala and Chris Strompolis from the epic Raiders of the Lost Ark fan film. Trust me, if you love fan film and want to get into the film industry, this is a fantastic story of perseverance, passion, and following your dreams. So uh, it's one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. I feel like I say that every week, but this was really one of the more fascinating stories that I've heard. So you'll definitely want to come back next week for that fantastic interview. But until then, you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Just search for The Derek Diamond Experience. You can also follow me on social media. The show page is at Podcast. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond. And just search for The Derek Diamond Experience on Facebook. And plus, The Derek Diamond Experience is now on Instagram. Just search for Podcast and follow me on Instagram. And I believe that does it, so enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I'm your host, Derek Diamond, and we'll see you guys back here next Tuesday. Listening to a Nerd Cave Network production. Are you looking for new original music? If so, you should check out my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are very important to this podcast. They're a local indie rock band based right here in Pensacola, Florida, and they supply the theme music that you hear at the beginning and end of each episode. And the song you heard today is D Rock from their upcoming album Thunder Snow, which will be out very, very soon. But you can check out some of their past music on Bandcamp. Just go over to Bandcamp.com and search for the Unicorn Wranglers. And you can find Murder Mystery Night, 95 Flannel, and their EP Atomics for free. That's my favorite four-letter word, free. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. Search for the Unicorn Wranglers on Facebook. And finally, be sure to check out their website, unicornwranglers.com.